This is the broadcast voice of Marshall University, WMUL-FM, Huntington, West Virginia. And now, News Center 88 at 5, the area source for the most complete news coverage from across the campus of Marshall University and the Huntington Tri-State area. And now, the News Center 88 team. Good evening, everyone. For this Monday, April 12th, 2021, I'm Bella Robinson. David Ackman. Coming up this evening on News Center 88, U.S. colleges are divided over requiring student vaccinations. All on your only daily source for Marshall Broadcast News, Bradley Wells will be into the F with a Metro Huntington weather forecast and Andrew Rogers with the Sports Report. The current temperature outside is a cloudy 61 degrees. And now on to our top story. The police chief in a Minneapolis suburb where a black man was fatally shot during a traffic stop says he believes the officer who fired intended to use a taser, not a handgun. Police chief Tim Gannon described the shooting of 20-year-old Dante Wright as, quote, an accidental discharge, unquote. Wright died Sunday in Brooklyn Center, a city of about 30,000 people on the northwest border of Minneapolis. His death sparked violent protests with officers in riot gear clashing with demonstrators into Monday morning. The Minneapolis area was already on edge because of the trial of the first four police officers charged in George Floyd's death. The White House says President Joe Biden and First Lady Jill Biden's dog, Major, will get professional help adjusting to his new home after a pair of biting incidents. The First Lady spokesperson says private training for the three-year-old German Shepherd will be, quote, off-site, unquote, in the Washington area and last, quote, a few weeks, unquote. The Bidens also have a second German Shepherd, 12-year-old champ, at the White House, but it's the younger canine who has been the source of angst since both dogs were relocated to the White House in January from the Biden's home in Delaware. A feminist artist went on trial Monday on charges of decimating pornography after she shared artwork online depicting female bodies and human rights groups linked to her prostitution linked her prosecution to the Kremlin's conservative stance promoting, quote, traditional family values, unquote. Yulia Svetskova from a farce eastern city of Komalskov on Amar faces up to six years in prison on charges reported reportedly related to her group on the popular social network Cavante, where colorful stylized drawings of vaginas were posted. The first hearing of the, in the court on Monday comes a year and a half after Svetkova was first detained. Amnesty International re- last week called the case Kaskevi, quote, Kaskevi Absurdity and urged Russian authorities to drop all charges against the activists. Las Vegas water officials want to rega- want the region to become a model for conservation with a first-in-the-nation policy banning grass that nobody walks on. The Southern Nevada Water Authority says lawmakers should prohibit ornamental grass that no one uses in street medians, housing developments, and other parks, and office parks, my apologies. Officials say taking out the turf could reduce overall water consumption by about 15%. Las Vegas might be known for splashy displays like the Bellagio fountains on the neon-lit strip, but officials say 
residents of bedroom communities and sprawling suburbs embrace conservation measures. No state or major city has tried to phase out certain categories of grass permanently. U.S. colleges hoping for a return to normalcy next fall are weighing how far they should go in urging students to get the COVID-19 vaccine, including whether they should or legally can require it. Some have already said students will have to get shots before returning to campus, including at Rutgers, Brown, Cornell, and Northeastern. They say they will help protect their campuses and give students the confidence to return. But some schools say they cannot legally require vaccinations because the U.S. Food and Drug Administration has only allowed the emergency use of COVID-19 vaccines and hasn't given them their full approval. Still, other colleges are opting to recommend shots without requiring them. Coming up, a lawsuit has been filed over the death of a West Virginia man during arrest. That and more news from across the tri-state when New Center 88 returns right after this. Imagine a friend has just told you they were diagnosed with a mental illness. What would you do? isn't it? But what's even more awkward is, if you're not there for them, they'll be less likely to recover. Mental illness. What a difference a friend makes. To learn more, go to whatadifference.org. This message is brought to you by the Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. You okay? Yeah, I'm just allergic to all these irritating radio stations. If you are being slowed down daily by drab radio stations, ask your doctor about taking WMUL. WMUL works by sending a stream of exciting news and sports coverage to the brain while taking out all the commercials slowing you down. Oh, much better. Thank you, WMUL. Side effects include but are not limited to exciting bouts of metal, jazz, blues, alternative hip-hop, gospel, rock, and more. A deficiency in commercials and an intense feeling of personal satisfaction and joy. Do not take WMUL if you hate happiness. I don't hate happiness. Ask your doctor about taking WMUL-FM 88.1. Welcome back to News Center 88, voted best newscast in the state of West Virginia by the Associated Press. I'm Bella Robinson. And I'm David Atkins. Marshall University will host a free online summer conference for high school STEM teachers. The Department of Computer Sciences and Electrical Engineering will host the conference June 14th through June 18th for teachers in science, technology, engineering, and math. The application deadline is May 7th. Participants will receive $1,250 stipend for attendance and meal support and will receive free materials to use in the conference. The conference will offer ways to integrate cyber subjects into high school courses. Participants, my apologies, will engage in hands-on exploration of cybersecurity, including ethics, networks, phishing, social engineering, and robotic systems. Participants also will earn a graduate-level professional development course credit from Marshall. A West Virginia bill that would regulate needle exchange programs gained final approval in the legislature Saturday. Critics have said more stringent requirements for the programs will constrain the number of providers who serve drug users not able to quit the habit. Supporters say the legislation would help those addicted to opioids get connected to health care to fight addiction. The new rules would take effect amid one of the nation's highest spikes in HIV cases related to intravenous drug use. 
The legislation requires operators to offer an array of health outreach services. Republican Governor Jim Justice has said he backs the bill. Kentucky Governor Andy Beshear has offered an incentive for accelerating the pace for COVID-19 vaccinations in Kentucky. He says he'll lift capacity restrictions at most venues and businesses once 2.5 billion, my apologies, million Kentuckians have received at least their shot, their first shot. The Democratic governor's announcement came today on the opening day of a massive vaccination site at Cardinal Stadium in Louisville. The goal is to vaccine 200,000 Kentuckians at that drive through location in the next seven weeks. More than 1.5 million Kentuckians have received at least their first dose of COVID-19 vaccine. But the governor has stressed that many vaccination sites have available openings. Transgender athletes in West Virginia would be banned from competing in female sports in middle and high schools and colleges under a bill that won approval from the legislature Friday. The bill heads to the desk of Republican Governor Jim Justice, who has not publicly commented on the matter. His office did not immediately return an email seeking comment. The House of Delegates approved it 80 to 20 after the Senate passed a version Thursday that expands its focus to include college sports. A Republican leader said it might result in the NCAA not hosting a tournament in the state. The mother of a man who died while in police custody in West Virginia has filed a federal lawsuit the AP, the Associated Press reports that Olivia Dean accuses the city of Canova and Officer Charles Newman of violating her, fir- her son's Fourth Amendment rights against unreasonable searches and seizures, as well as reckless or malicious conduct and deliberate indifference. James Dean was arrested by Canova police in April 2019. A police report says Dean fell while in custody and struck his head once. The lawsuit says the medical examiner's report showed Dean suffered multiple blunt force injuries to his head and concluded that death was a homicide. Canova Mayor Tim Bias declined to comment. Coming up next, outdoor enthusiasts are to get, free, to get cash and free passes to move to West Virginia. That and more news from around the nation when News Center 88 returns. Stay with us. Hi, this is John Bon Jovi asking you to go to serve.gov to get involved in something you believe in. I'm a big believer in the power of we. We weren't born. We can tackle the tough challenges we face and build community through service and volunteering. United we stand, united we serve. Are you with me? Go to serve.gov for more information about how to volunteer in your community. This message is brought to you by United We Serve and the Corporation for National and Community Service. Hey, Patrick, what's up? Hey, Michael, what's up with you? Uh, why does your voice sound like that? I know, it's awesome. I sound like a robot. You sound like T-Pain or Kanye. Yeah, that's the idea. Well, if you like the sound of those rappers... Just tune in to 88.1 and listen to the new and old hip-hop hits. Oh, that's not a bad idea. Your voice is stuck like that, isn't it? Yeah, kinda. You moron. For the very best hip-hop, tune in to 88.1 WMUL-FM. 
Welcome back to News Center 88, voted best news program by the National Broadcasting Society. I'm Bella Robinson. And I'm David Atkins. West Virginia lawmakers have approved a $4.5 billion budget that leaves the state's two top universities with a combined $28 million cut, unless future surpluses can kick in to, uh, to cover it. The Senate voted 23-11 to 11 to pass the budget on the final day of the 60-day legislative session. Lawmakers trimmed give Governor Jim Justice's initial budget proposal for the 2022 fiscal year by nearly $74 million, but much of it is expected to be backfilled my apologies, through surpluses. The Republican governor says he planned to sign the budget, calling it a, quote, solid, unquote, bill. About 40% of all abortions in the U.S. are now done through medication rather than surgery, and that option has become more pivotal during the COVID-19 pandemic. Abortion rights advocates say that the pandemic has demonstrated the value of telemedicine, including abortions taking place in a woman's home instead of a clinic. Abortion opponents are pushing legislation in several Republican-led states to restrict the method and in some cases to ban abortion via telemedicine. Ohio enacted such a ban earlier this year through the law has been temporarily blocked, though the law has been temporarily blocked by a lawsuit. In Montana, a ban on telemedicine abortion has passed the legislature and the governor is expected to sign it. The Ohio Supreme Court has delayed the execution of a convicted killer whose case federal public defenders said slipped through the cracks of the legal system. 36-year-old David Martin had been scheduled to die May 26. The Associated Press reported last year that Martin went without a lawyer for over a year after his sentence was upheld in 2018 and missed a chance to make a customary federal appeal. Justices on Thursday stayed Martin's execution until his legal options are exhausted. He was sentenced in 2014 for fatally shooting 21-year-old Jeremy Cole during a robbery in northwest northeastern Ohio two years earlier. A university in Ohio has expelled a fraternity where a student died last month after consuming an excessive amount of alcohol during a hazing event. Bowling Green State University issued a statement Friday saying the Pi Kappa Alpha fraternity would never have been never again be recognized on campus. Stone Fultz, a 20-year-old sophomore from Delaware, Ohio, was found by roommates and taken to a hospital in early March and died three days later. An investigation found that ranking fraternity members forced pledges to drink an entire bottle of alcohol during an off-campus event. Messages seeking comment were left with Pi Kappa Alpha's national headquarters. West Virginia is joining the growing list of places recruiting remote workers with a thrill-seeking twist. A program launched today will try to lure outdoor enthusiasts to live in the rural state with enticements of cash and free passes for recreational destinations. The goal is to leverage one of West Virginia's most appealing assets, its natural beauty, to stem a population loss in the only state that has fewer residents now than in 1950. Program participants will receive $12,000 cash. They'll also get passes for a year for adventures such as whitewater rafting and golf. 
The program is now accepting applications for the first 50 openings in Morgantown. Coming up next, Biden nominee Warmoth would be the first woman to lead the U.S. Army. Your daily political update when New Center 88 returns right after this. Did you know that 63% of homes contain allergens from cockroaches? And that mice spread potent asthma triggers found in 82% of homes? It's true. Common household pests are major offenders on the list of indoor allergens. Learn what you can do to help your family breathe easier. Visit pestworld.org. A public service message from the National Pest Management Association and the Asthma and Allergy Foundation of America. Welcome back to News Center 88. I'm Bella Robinson. And I'm David Atkins. A lawyer for convicted movie producer Harvey Weinstein is challenging Weinstein's extradition to California to face charges of assaulting five women. At a hearing today, Weinstein's lawyer cited a paper technicality after his request for a, quote, humanitarian, unquote, delay to attend to Weinstein's medical needs were rejected. This 69-year-old Weinstein appeared the 69-year-old Weinstein appeared via video before an Erie County Court judge in Buffalo for, on the maximum security Finn Correctional Facility. He is charged in California with assaulting five women in Los Angeles and Beverly Hills from 2004 to 2013. The judge scheduled a meeting on the extradition challenge for April 30th. The former police chief of Connecticut's largest city has been sentenced to one year in prison for rigging the hiring process that led to his appointment in 2018. A federal judge in Bridgeport handed down the punishment today to Armando A.J. Perez, who rose through the ranks of Bridgeport police over nearly a nearly four-decade career to become the department's first Hispanic chief. He and the city's former acting personnel director, David Dunn, resigned in September and pleaded guilty the following month in connection with the hiring scheme. Prosecutors say Perez received confidential information about the police chief examination stolen by Dunn. Dunn is scheduled to be sentenced Tuesday. A New Hampshire prosecutor say a former youth center counselor accused of raping one boy and groping another in the 1990s denied the allegations when questioned by police, but acknowledged being reprimanded for, quote, wrestling with children, unquote. A judge set bail at $3,000 today for 79-year-old Frank Davis of Hopkinton, one of seven men arrested last week in connection with a broad criminal investigation into the Sununu Youth Services Center, formerly known as the Youth Development Center in Manchester. A prosecutor says Davis was reprimanded and transferred because of his habit of wrestling with teens. Davis's attorney says he denies the criminal allegations. New Mexico Governor Michelle Lujan Grisham is set to sign legislation that will legalize recreational marijuana use and sales in the state. The Democratic governor has scheduled a signing ceremony and a news conference for Monday, today. 
Her decision will make New Mexico the seventh state since last November to legalize adult possession and sales of cannabis for recreational use. Lujan Grisham has supported marijuana reform as a way to create jobs and boost state revenue. The bill gives the governor a strong hand of recreational marijuana oversight through her appointed superintendent of the Regulation and Licensing Department. New Mexico's recreational pot sales are expected to begin next year in April. President Joe Biden says he will nominate a former senior Pentagon official to be the first woman to lead the Army. It, if confirmed by the Senate as Army Secretary, Christine Warmoth would be one of the more powerful officials in a defense establishment, long dominated by men. She would work with the Army's Chief of Staff, General James McConville, who does not command soldiers but is responsible, along with the Army Secretary, for training and equipping them. Biden has not yet nominated anyone to serve as Air Force or Navy Secretary. Many other Pentagon positions that require Senate confirmation also have yet to be filled. And coming up, Bradley Wells will have a complete look at your Metro Huntington weather forecast. And Andrew Rogers will be in with the FM 88 Sports Report. Stay with us. Worldwide leader of Marshall University sports coverage. Welcome back into the Soul Ballroom at the Convention Center in Riviera Maya, Mexico. WMUL welcomes you to the mountain town of Blacksburg, Virginia. We are high here at the Gund Arena in Cleveland, Ohio. It's the 2005 Kraft Mac Women's Basketball Tournament. Welcome back to Firestone Stadium in Akron, Ohio. The 2005. Right in the first inning, no score here at Appalachian Power Park. Marshall. WMUL FM, Huntington. out from the influence of a low pressure system towards our west. It is taking its sweet time to move out. While we are watching a cold front associated with that system, it isn't in a hurry to get here. With our pesky cloud cover and west winds, temps have been a bit cooler than we've become too accustomed to, with today's high hovering in the low 60s. For tonight, however, we will still have a risk for a very isolated sprinkle or two to contend with, but with but we are expected to dry out going into the overnight hours. We might even start to see a break in the clouds for a few hours in the early morning hours, with overnight lows dipping into the mid-40s. Tuesday we'll see mostly cloudy skies return with increasing cloud cover for the afternoon. Breezy near windy conditions return for Tuesday afternoon, with uh, while the uh, afternoon highs top out at 60. While there is a small risk for a sprinkle or two, nothing suggests we'll be dealing with anything widespread for Tuesday. Tuesday night we'll see a brief clearing of the clouds to partly cloudy skies, with overnight lows dipping once again to the mid-40s. Wednesday is the d uh, day when we will see our slowpoke cold front, cold front advance into the area, giving us our best shot at more widespread rain across campus for much of the morning and afternoon hours. Wednesday will be a cloudy and breezy day with afternoon stro highs struggling to get to the mid-60s yet again. Wednesday night we'll see a widespread rain shower come to an end, leaving us with a risk of an isolated rain chance and overnight lows dipping back into the lower 40s. While we may have our own April cold front advancing into our area this week, today's weather and history will show these April cold fronts can bring anything from severe weather to pesky cloud cover to massive snowfalls. It was this day back in 1987 when the April cold front spent the day crossing the central U.S., producing heavy snow for central Rockies 
and severe weather storms for Kansas and Oklahoma. In Colorado, in fact, 16 inches of snow fell at Red Mountain Pass, while Polka County, or excuse me, Polka City, Oklahoma, dealt with winds nearing 90 miles an hour. Giving a choice for our April cold front, a little stubborn cloud cover and scattered rain isn't so bad after all. Currently outside the WMUL studios, it is a windy and cloudy 61 degrees. That is your Metro Huntington weather forecast for the New Center 88 team. I am Bradley Wells. Thanks, Bradley. Now Andrew Rogers joins us with the FM 88 Sports Report. Marshall Athletics, let's begin with the Marshall softball team as the herd faced off against Middle Tennessee State for a four-game series. Marshall was victorious in the first game Friday, winning 10-4, and dropped the second game on Friday by a final score of 9-8 in 10 innings. The Blue Raiders would ride the momentum of that victory and go on to defeat the Marshall Thundering Herd in the final two games of the series, 9-5 Saturday and 6-2 yesterday. The Thundering Herd is now 12-8 and 1-3 to begin CUSA play. The Blue Raiders improved their record to 18-17 and 4-4 and four and four in CUSA play. Marshall returns to action Friday through Sunday as the Florida Atlantic Owls come to Dot Hicks Field for a four-game set. Friday is a single game scheduled for 1 p.m. The Saturday doubleheader begins at 1 p.m. and the last game is Sunday with first pitch set for 12 p.m. You can listen to these games on the Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network. Over to Marshall Baseball where the struggles continue. Marshall traveled to Bowling Green, Kentucky to take on the WKU Hilltoppers. The Hilltoppers swept the Thundering Herd in the four-game series. Western Kentucky held the Marshall Bats to just four runs all weekend. Marshall's record is now 4-19 and 0-12 in Conference USA play. The Herd attempt to end a 12-game skid against the West Virginia Mountaineers on Wednesday. First pitch for Morgantown is slated for 6.30. The Marshall men's golf team is back in action today at the Mountaineer Invitational. The three-round tournament is taking place at Pete Dye Golf Club in Bridgeport, West Virginia. Competing for Marshall will be sophomore Tyler Jones and Christian Boyd, senior Noah Mullins, and redshirt seniors Matt Hoffman, Cameron Root, and Will Straub. The Herd last played at the Mountaineer Invitational, normally a fall tournament, back in October of 2019. Marshall finished 14th that year. The 12th-ranked Marshall men's soccer team got its eighth win of the season this past Saturday. Senior Jamil Roberts scored his second goal of the year in the 36th minute to give Marshall the 1-0 win. Marshall outshot UAB the opponent 10-6 in the game and 4-0 on goal. Marshall finishes the regular season on Sunday, April 18th at 2 p.m. at home against the 14th-ranked Charlotte 49ers. You can listen to that game right here on the Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network. The Marshall women's soccer team fell in its season finale against Middle Tennessee State this past Friday. The Blue Raiders scored seven goals en route to a 7-2 victory over the herd. Ashley Schimberg scored four consecutive goals in the second half in the victory. Abby Hughes scored her eighth goal of the season, and Aislinn Novick scored as well. MTSU outshot the herd 24-10 in the match. Marshall ends the year at 3-7 and 0-6 and and in CUSA play, while Middle Tennessee State improved to 3-3 three and three overall and in conference play. 
Earlier today, Marshall women's soccer freshman midfielder Abby Hugh garnered a trio of postseason awards as she was named Conference USA Freshman of the Year, named to the Conference USA All-Freshman team, and was a third-team All-CUSA selection. Hugh is the first CUSA Freshman of the Year in Marshall's program history. Hugh finished in a tie for first in goals with, in Conference USA with eight, while leading in goals per game at .8 during her first collegiate season. Her eight goals are tied for eighth most in a season in program history. The Marshall tennis team dropped its home match against the University of Cincinnati yesterday afternoon 4-3. Cincinnati took the early 1-0 lead when it scored the doubles point over the herd. Then the herd fought back in singles with Madison Balo, Liz Stefanich, and Madison Riley picking up individual wins, bringing the score to a tie at 3-3. However, it came down to the final match between Anna Smith and Iona Guna in a tiebreaker where the Bearcats came out with the victory. The Herd fell to 6-7, and seven, and the Bearcats improved to 5-9 and nine on the season. And over to Marshall Track and Field, as it had a strong performance on Saturday at the Gamecock Invitational hosted by the University of South Carolina. Two school records were broken during the day by Macy Majoy in the pole vault and Micah Aline in the 400-meter dash. The duo each broke the school record in their respective events at the Adidas Winthrop Invitational two weekends ago. Tori Dotson for the Herd won the 800-meter for the second time this outdoor season. The team returns to Charlotte for the Charlotte Invitational set for next Friday and Saturday on the 49ers campus. That does it for the FM88 Sports Report. For the FM88 Sports Team, I'm Andrew Rogers. Thank you, Andrew. And that does it for this edition of News Center 88. Be sure to tune in tomorrow at 5 for the most complete news from Marshall University and the Tri-State area. And remember to check us out on the World Wide Web at marshall.edu slash WMUL. For Dave Atkins, Bradley Wells, Andrew Rogers, Jonathan Edwards, and the entire New Center 88 team, I'm Bella Robinson, and your thought of the day is, quote, in every day, there are 1,444 minutes. That means we have 1,444 daily opportunities to make a positive impact. Les Brown.